Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse Heater and MJ. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Netflix's seventh film, the 2016 comedy drama The Fundamentals of Caring, directed by Rob Burnett, starring Paul Rudd, Craig Roberts, and Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Lewis. Thanks, mate. Good Thank you, Jesse. Here. Another warm, balmy night um, here. Whoa. It's a bit hot. That time of year. That time of year. We're, we're, we're struggling, but it's good because we have a film to discuss. It's always good when we've got a film to discuss. Fundamentals of Caring. MJ, let's kick us off. What do you reckon? I thought you'd go with me first because oh. I did start the Fast Flicks very well last week. Um, probably a smart move on your behalf to go with me again. We may do that every week from now on. <laughs> uh, a character-led dramedy starring the ever-reliable Paul Rudd and the emerging and impressive Craig Roberts as they embark on a road trip to help bury the mental demons of their past and come out cleansed and inspired on the other side. Ben, played by Paul Rudd, can't move on from the death of his son three years earlier and Trevor, Craig Roberts, suffers from muscular dystrophy and can barely leave his house. They don't know it at the time, but their pairing is more important to each other than they could have imagined. Very good. That was a good. Uh, Definitely the most wordy fast flicks I've done. It felt like a yeah. me- medium it's fast, a medium flick. Slow fix flicks almost. That was, yeah. a, that was a good 60 second, 30 second yeah. recap. Yeah, that was good. I, I struggled with this one to try and summarize it, to be honest. As much as I enjoyed there's, the film. Because it's very meaty, so there's a lot to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go next. Um, so I've gone with a man coming to terms with the loss of his son and divorce from his wife decides to take on caring as a career path. He looks after a boy with great needs. And the two go on a journey across America, leading to inner discovery for both characters. Bang. This is the first under, time that yours has been, been shorter, shorter than mine. Yeah, yeah. Very, very short, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> Working out how this rolls. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. <laughs> Heater. Um, I'm similar to you, Jesse. So, a man who has lost everything starts a new job as a caregiver to a disabled teen. They form a bond and he takes them on a road trip to help him with his life and experience the world slowly healing himself in the process nice uh, I, I want to cry that's <laughs> very nice these, these, these summaries are just beautiful beautiful alright let's have a quick chat about um, the film history or information about the film before we get into our thoughts uh, based on novel I assume you guys got that um, yeah, the revised fundamentals of caring by Jonathan Evision uh, written and giving Caregiving, what yeah, are yeah. the, the titles a little bit different? They did, the, they, they did cut it down. They, a bit. Yeah, he really thought about that one. Uh, written in 2012, and whilst it was a work of fiction, it was inspired by a real life tra- tragedy. Um, when he was a child, Vision's 16 year old sister was killed in an accident while he was away with some friends. So the plot of this film and the book may not really resemble the author's own experience, but the themes of hope, persistence, and healing certainly do. I've got a quote from him. Uh, this novel is about the imperative of getting in that van because you have no choice but to push yourself and drive on and keep driving in the face of life's terrible surprises. It's about the people and the things you gather along that rough rough road back to humanity. Um, You're starting off pretty heavy. Well, that's... Uh, and you know what? You get that out of the film so, so much. Um, and it's interesting that that quote was about the book specifically and about his experiences. Um, but I just love that line, the road back to humanity, because I think that rings really true with this, with this film. Obviously, they... Um when you're adapting a film from a book, you've got to cut a fair bit of stuff out. Did you, did you read about the big one they cut out of this uh, movie? It's in the book. Ben has another child Ooh. in the book. I, I think it's a big difference. Yeah, that, would make, that would make, make, a, make, a, make a huge difference because mm. I feel like the whole connection between Ben and Trevor throughout it, the film was... Because he's... Because he's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, in, in the book, it? he's got a daughter. Oh, wow. Is he um, still with his wife? 
didn't get that didn't get that <laughs> you didn't read the book I didn't read the book no <laughs> come on we had a week to watch this film <laughs> where is the research <laughs> I researched this I jumped on the internet went all into half ass facts expected to read the book as well jeez um Filmed over 26 days, so yeah, that's, that's a pretty quick turnaround. That's impressive, yeah. Um, and there's a bit of controversy about um, Selena Gomez having a cigarette oh. on screen. I, to me, as far as I know, in America, if this was released cinematically, yeah. that gets an automatic R, you R rating. Yeah. You, you can't okay. show, unless you, it's a historical um, depiction of something that's happened in the past. And only a recent law, that one, I believe. Yeah. Or but, ruling, sorry. But yeah, I teach this one to my kids, so... Oh, of course. Yeah, automatic R if you show smoking on screen. So, obviously, this is Netflix, and Netflix is self-regulated, so they create their own ratings and their own... So, okay, that's yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. So, it's a weird choice. It always makes me think of Sigourney Weaver in Avatar when she's just punching out cigarettes the whole film. <laughs> yeah. How times have changed. And that's, <laughs> that's not even that long ago. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not at all. Um... I got another interesting thing. Yeah, go for it. Um, so towards the end of the film, so Ben, he's talking to Dot Selena Gomez's father. I love yeah, this. I think this is really good. So I, I love this. I think this is a really, really good thing. So he talks to him and he says, you know, the illness that Trevor has affects one in three thousand five hundred males. Mm, that's right. And that's a direct correlation throughout the film. Every time Trevor meets someone and talks to someone, he says, "Pick a number between one and three thousand five hundred." And it's that statistic from yeah. the illness that, that it's quite a statistic of yeah. Yeah, the changes in getting it. Yeah, I, I, I realized that when he said it. I enjoyed that. Oh, that was fantastic. Well, that's that quite a little bit in there. I also liked it when uh, Ben always said three because that's the number I wore in forty for a very long time. So <laughs> I would have picked it this as well. <laughs> wow. There we go. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, I guess the uh, one of the big ones was getting um, Paul Rudd on to do to the movie. The um, love Paul Rudd. Is a, is a quote from uh, the writer director Rob Burnett. He said, "Once you get Paul Rudd, you got a movie." Fair call. Mm. Rob Burnett put a lot into this. This is, and we're seeing this a lot with these Netflix films. Guys who are writing and directing their mm. own film. Obviously, Ricky Gervais did it with Special Correspondence, and yeah. we talked about that one. How it gives them a lot more license, and yeah. you know, there's no big film producer, big film production company breathing down their neck with what to do. And yeah. um, I think the quote from Ricky Gervais at the time: "It's going to be the return of the auteur," and you know, yeah. it's happening. And I think he's done a great job here. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, I get, we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Peewee. It was a great get for, for Judd. Apatow was the uh, producer. It was a great get to get the other one. So I think it's a great get here to get Paul Rudd onto a, onto a Netflix movie. Absolutely. And you know what? I'd not heard of this film before we ventured into this podcast and decided to watch them all chronologically. And I saw the next on the list was Fundamentals of Caring. And I thought, okay, I've not heard of this film. And saw Paul Rudd was in it. And straight away, I was like, oh, great. So He was cast... Pretty early. Did yeah. you see how many uh, auditions they went to get the final role of Trevor? No. Nah. 250. They read with uh, with Paul Rudd to see who had the best chemistry. Best went through 250 auditions. And, mate, they got that oh, right. Nailed it. He was, he was amazing, it. Craig Roberts. Well, mm. While we're talking about Paul Rudd. Yeah. What, Paul Rudd, favourite Paul Rudd film. What, what are some Paul Rudd films that, like, I'm pretty bright. Like, his first film was Clueless. And I think Clueless, is, he is amazing in that film. He, I feel like he holds that film together because he's that central point <sighs> yeah. in Clueless. But obviously a lot of... You know, if you're going to ask me his favourite movie, uh, his best movie of Paul Rudd, it would be a movie he plays a, a small role in. Yeah. He's not the main one. I'll, I'll say the 40-year-old version. Yeah. But he does do it. Like, he does a lot he of those great roles in that. Yeah. He, like, he, but he's, he's like known Anchorman. He does all yeah. those comedies oh, yeah. where he yeah. plays those... He's so funny and I love you, man. I, yeah. Him and Jason mm-hmm. Segel in that film, brilliant. Yeah. 
I also love his cameo in This Is The End when he plays himself. He's in it for about 40 seconds before he dies, and he's so good. I love Paul Rudd. What do we think of him as the Ant-Man? Smart. Smart. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I did, I did like it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be intrigued to see, um, you know, how that Ant-Man character goes uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, it premiered at Sundance? Yeah, the it did. 2016 Sundance Film Festival, and then sold to Netflix for 7 mil. I thought it was interesting too, like... Premiered at Sundance in January. It didn't hit Netflix till June. So Netflix held on to it for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so how long ago was that from Base of No Nation? The first Netflix film. Yep, sorry, yeah. I've put us all on the spot uh, here. Put us on the spot and match. I don't MJ, you um, idiot. I think Base of No Nation was the year before. Yeah, I thought Base of No Nation was 2015. Sure. But yeah, was, yeah, it, yeah. was it months or was it... Um, haven't got my notes from yeah. um, our first episode. We're going back seven episodes now, but I, I yeah. Nah, it's no big deal. And well, why you look it up? Um, uh, 16th of October was Beast of No Nation, so they did have the chance to release it. Release I mean, it was already they already had yeah. started yeah. their catalog, so that was that was my only question was whether they're holding on to it because they wanted. But they had their strategy, I suppose, of Beast and then the Adam Sandler films and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. Still very early Netflix film. Mm. Um, this is the second film in a row that was filmed in Georgia in the USA. So we watched uh, last yeah, week was the do over, which yeah. was filmed in Georgia and Puerto Rico, and then this one, um, yeah, Georgia, Georgia again, all in Georgia. Yeah. Even though they showed a lot of different towns, they did <laughs> a lot of different towns. Like they went to Texas, they went to I guess that's why they were Lake City. Filmed it so quickly in yeah. twenty six days. Twenty six days, bang, Let's pretend we're yeah. you know, but were they supposed to be in Seattle? At one point, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah, Georgia steps in. I know they do mm. a lot of um, Netflix. Show. I'm pretty sure House of Cards is filmed in Georgia as well. Um, so they've got a good production. Surely it's all in Washington. Surely. <laughs> you think, wouldn't it? You think. I in the White House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess I, I thought, yeah, we spoke before the uh, the casting of uh, of Craig Roberts to play Trevor was was really fantastic. <clears throat> um, I did actually read a bit of criticism. I'm not sure if you guys saw it that he was cast um, by an able-bodied person rather than giving it to a disabled actor. Yeah, that's acting though. That's. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw not too recently uh, Scarlett Johansson pulled out of her playing a transgender role because of a lot of, uh, I guess, negative feedback from the community that it wasn't given to a, a transgender person to play the role. But uh, and again, here, yeah, some um, some people have uh, some people have criticised that there's not enough opportunities for disabled actors, and this should have gone to you know not an able an able bodied actor like Craig Roberts. But I mean, I, I I disagree with that personally. I think you know that. They play that role. I think and so. You, you, you act, and, and that's what you do. I think Kate Blanchett's probably come out. I think it was Kate Blanchett's come out recently and like sort of said similar lines. Um, yeah. And I get, I get the argument, but I feel like Scarlett Johansson. I think it was just too much for her because she copped a lot of criticism when she did um, Ghost in a Shell, which is based on a Japanese anime, and she played a white female in a mm. a, sh- a movie that's based on a uh, on a Japanese anime. So. Yeah, I th- I think if it was someone else cast, they may not have stepped down as quickly as she did. But yeah, I totally um, I yeah, I think it's something that we're probably going to see a lot more um, with films moving forward. It's a hard one. I mean, they as you said, one. they they interviewed two hundred fifty people for exactly, this role. Yeah. The the yeah. director has has the right to choose whoever thinks he's who's going to take the creative license with the role that he's chosen. It doesn't matter kind of who it is. It's who you know who plays the role the best. And the beauty is, I mean, this is probably has nothing to do with the point but if you had told me Craig Roberts was disabled I would have believed you after this film mm-hmm. so yeah oh, he did a fantastic job have we seen him in anything else 
I don't think I, so. I, I know one thing I've seen him in. I was going to say, um, he was my IMDb. Oh, really? Good. What did, when you looked him up... But did, I was about to say, yeah, I, um, we might as well do this now. We're talking about it. So I jumped on about a quarter of the way through um, to see who the actor was playing Trevor. And it was actually also to see if he was disabled, if he did have that condition, or if he was able to act it. So I jumped in. His big movie was a movie called Submarine, okay. which he got a lot of praise for. Um, he's also, so he had some small parts in 22 Jump Street and... Bad Neighbours as well. Yeah. I can't say, I, I, I haven't seen Summer I don't, I don't actually remember who he was in Bad Neighbours, but yeah, he's had a, he's had a few different roles, but um, yeah, no, he was fantastic in this. Yeah, well, I didn't IMDB him during the movie I, because I was I was very um, attentive to this film. Okay. So I, I did enjoy this film, but um, afterwards I did look it up because I recognised him from somewhere and he was... Um, he was in The Killers, the, the band, one of their music video clips. Oh, um, wow. Fun. Yeah, you with me. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was very When you said he was in The Killers, I was yeah, like, like wow, wee, that's a change not, not the film yeah. The Killers with uh, Ashton Kutcher, but um, we're talking about The Killers. No, I thought movie. you meant he was in the band. No, no, he was in one of their music video clips, which I thought was um, yeah. quite cool. Um, the director of this film... He's not known for making movies. No, this is his second film. Second mm-hmm. film. Producer on Letterman for 20, 20 exactly. years. That's the, the, yeah, the writer thing producer yeah, Letterman, really? best thing he's known for is mm. being the director on, um, oh, sorry, the executive producer on The Letterman Show. So, bit of a risk giving... Absolutely. But obviously he believed it. As I said, he wrote it. He adapted the screenplay. Yeah. Um, he adapted the, the novel, wrote the screenplay, directed it. And, I mean, it was a massive passion project for him. So, kudos. Yeah. Did you IMDb anything, MJ? Did I IMDb anything? Like we both, yeah, we, we both said ours. I did, actually. Um, and I don't have a good answer for this, but when when Dot's father at the end came into it, Cash. Cash, yeah. Man, he has the most familiar face. Yes, he did. And I IMDb'd him, and there's a bunch of things that he's Is been he, in, like, yeah. 20 years. So many small roles. I couldn't actually put my finger on where I specifically recognised him, but I've probably seen him in about 20 films, to yeah. be honest. But he is such a familiar face. Thing was, that, the thing that annoyed me the most about him was his hat. <laughs> <laughs> Product placement? Seattle, no, just yeah. the Seattle hat. It's like, yeah, we know that you guys are from Seattle. You don't have to wear a Seattle hat the whole <laughs> bloody time. Anyway, that's just me. It's, a, it's just a hat. It's just a hat. Yeah, it's just a hat. Calm down, man. So I had to find something <laughs> negative about the film. Um, all right, good. So characters, who do we like? Who do we like? Hey, I think with the characters, a lot of the heavy action of this story actually takes place before the film begins. So we're thrust into this situation where we see characters dealing with the aftermath of their tragedy, so to speak. Uh, And it therefore becomes a really strong, important character narrative. So before the film starts, obviously uh, Trevor already has muscular dystrophy. Before the film starts, um, Ben has already lost his son. So the big story points that you would expect in a film like this have already happened. So this is really just like an emotional connection to the characters to advance any sort of plot. And that's what I really liked about this film. So Yeah. And it was good because it wasn't like it wasn't spelt out for you mm. to to know exactly what was happening. Like you mm. You slowly worked out as the film was going what was happening. It's one thing I wrote about um, Paul Rudd's character. I really enjoyed that slow reveal into his character. You just learnt more and more as time went on. To me, by far, this is the best characters that we've had so far since we've been doing this podcast. And I love learning about them and and unpacking them. And I thought the relationship between Paul Rudd's character, um, Ben and Trev, like I thought they played off each other really well. well. Their chemistry was fantastic. That was so good. 
watching yeah. them together. Their banter, like all of the, the scenes and stuff, and the way they interacted, I thought I thought those two was a fantastic pairing. And they were nothing without each other. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they needed mm-hmm. each other to push them, yeah. each other through. Even though it seemed to me. Or it seemed like Ben was a more willing character to try and move on. Yeah. Um, he absolutely needed Trevor. And you know what? In a weird way, they needed Dot and, and Peaches as well, who came along late to help them as well. And that was is all about that journey they all went on. Any other characters that stood out for you? Or? I, I liked the character of uh, Trevor's mum, Elsa. Yeah. I mean, not in it for long, but I thought um, I, I thought she was really good. But, Played the role really well. You, you know, you, you kind of knew straight away, kind of, you know, how, how caring and protective she was. Of, um, Too protective. Uh, I'm going to come to that later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought she played that role really well. I, I liked the, like, she wasn't in it an awful lot. She was a side character almost. But when she was in it, her character <clears throat> had a lot to say. Like, um, there was a scene where she's like, I think Trev said something about being retarded and she's like stamped out and said, you're not retarded. We don't use that word. Mm. And I really liked that she was that character to shut down those negative connotations, which gave that theme for the whole film that we're not going to put up with any negative, you know, you've got a disability, but you're able, you can, you know, you don't need to talk yourself down. So I really liked that about her. She was also one of the reasons that held him back though. Like, it was her inability to want him... Like, when the idea of him going on a road trip, she completely shot that down. And it's interesting that you say that, that she was the one that was trying to get rid of the negativity around, you know, the disease or the illness. But if she was... But she ho- played... Yeah, her she actions play it, suggest but, that she... But it didn't take much convincing to let Ben take him, though. Yeah, well... Realistically, mm. like, if she was that dead against it, she'd be like, I'm firing you. Yeah, this it's not This happened. is something I was going to talk about in yeah. the scenes. She was, yeah, portrayed as really overbearing and overacting. She let him go far too easily. Yeah. She did not put up enough of a fight, I guess, from what we were you know, taught to of, of, of how she was and how protective she was. I just thought then that they missed the opportunity and she was, you know, originally she says no, but then, you know, not even her say, oh, all right, fine, you can go, but I'm coming with you. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that it, it just kind of went a bit backwards in that she was so just I don't, I don't, sorry. I don't think that was the aim of her character. Her character mm-hmm. was there, like... I really feel like if she didn't, she, her focus was work. She had to go work mm. to provide for him. If she didn't have to go work, I'm sure she probably would have taken the time to go and do these things with him. Yes. But she didn't have that opportunity mm. to do that. And like, you know, I'm sure she probably would have liked to have had the opportunity to go and visit his dad. And that's probably why she wrote those letters, not because she's a horrible person. Yeah, it's a good take. I don't mind that. Pretend. Because mm. otherwise she would have had more of a role and they would have had, a, at the start, there would have been that roadblock at the start of the film where. Paul Rudd's character had to do more to get him on that trip than just like, yeah. oh no, don't go, oh no, don't go. Okay, bye. It's kind of like she did. She did want that push. Yeah, didn't she wanted. She? Yeah, you're yeah. right. It wasn't that she was totally against yeah. it because if she was, there was no like she'd be like, okay, I'll get a new yeah. worker. This is pretty yeah. serious. My it's kid's done. got an yeah. absolutely serious mm-hmm. issue. So I felt like she was like happy to let him go a little bit because he can experience some things that she can't provide because she's got to go to work. Yeah, and that does play in nicely with her trying to shoot down any of those connotations. That's a good pickup. Any other characters? I think, I look, oh. we didn't talk about Trevor enough. Obviously, fantastic performance. I think it felt really real from the very start. Um, I love the fact that he was too smart for his own good when he was in his comfortable environment. Yeah. But I loved his subtle vulnerability that he was able to show. Even as soon as they went out on the car, he just lost a little bit straight away. Yeah. It was really nice to see him out of his comfort zone. And, and from an acting performance, I thought he just did that so well. Um, but you know, as soon as 
as soon as there was a scene where he was faking that he was choking, he gets his bravado back straight away. So he got one back up on, on Ben and just, now, I think that like, that's also a really important scene plot wise as well, because that leads to the night of the first date where Paul Rudd's character, Ben Zay, would do the same thing and return to him. And I feel like that's a really big turning point in their relationship. Like, Mate, those scenes, the scenes where Trevor, and in that case, Ben, where they fake every single time those scenes happened, it got me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, pull over. He's seriously yeah. choking on, on that. The big one that got me was before the first date because it just felt like something that he yeah. would do is forget the medicine. <laughs> and I, I was all into it going, oh my God, he's going to This is like, this the story. Yeah, oh this my is God, <laughs> this, is, this is a disaster. I, I was all in on that. But like, to be honest, it got to the final scene of the film and, and it got me again. Yeah, he's it sit, got me again. He's sitting, sitting there <laughs> typing the story and he's like, I walked in on his 21st birthday <sighs> and he was dead. And I'm like, oh my God, you cannot end the film like this. I was like, literally was packing bricks. Got me there. Really got me. Turns around and goes, nah, he was playing a prank on his... So every era. every single time that happened and at the end we should have known. Yeah, and it's, yeah. that, that was such <laughs> such good storytelling. got me there. It got me every time. I loved it. <laughs> Which was really good. But this kind of brings me to a really big point of the film that I want to bring up is that obviously a lot of the, the a lot of the narrative is around the fact that he's got an illness, the fact that he's on all this medication, he can't walk. Uh, I think at the very start, there's a scene where the mum's talking about all the details of Paul Rudd's job details. You got to do this, you got to do that. He's got to have this at this time, that time. They mention at the very start that he potentially has seven to ten years left of living. And straight away, you know, okay, this guy's really sick. We know it's probably not going to end well at some point. But I love the fact that Trevor's illness was constantly referenced, always discussed, but it never, nothing ever bad happened because of it. There was not one point of the film that things had to change because he was ill. Every single time something was wrong, it was something else. And we thought the illness was going to come into play and it never did, not once throughout the whole film. And I just love the fact that the illness was really just a vehicle to support wider themes of taking risks, leaving your comfort zone, go out and see the world, live your dreams or piss standing up if that's what you want to do. We're never actually confronted with Trevor's illness being an issue, although they constantly want you to think that it's coming. So like the choking in the car is like the forgetting yeah, yeah. is medicine, uh, sleeping without his breathing machine for me. You know, he's like, I don't want that tonight. I was like, Oh, here we go. Something, something's going to happen, but nothing ever actually happened. And then even right at the end, when he gets the phone call, something, yeah, something's gone wrong. Something's Oh no, here it is. We yeah. finally had this and moment. I feel like they played that perfectly. Like they, so cut, the, well. they cut the sound. It was music. They slow mode him running down the hill. It was like, Oh, he's, this is it. This is the, and the end. everyone breaks away yeah. and you can see Trevor sitting there on his chair. You're like, Trevor's fine. Yeah. Let's go on. I just, I'm just so glad. And then, to the point you make at the ending, I'm glad that Trevor doesn't die when Ben's writing about him because despite that stigma that we've had through the illness the whole time, not once were there any deficits with it. Um, don't hide behind your perceived problems. I, I loved it. It was such a great point throughout the whole film. It's one of the reasons why I love this movie so much. I, I think like the the one scene where there was, well, to me, the, the biggest... Um, confrontation almost was the scene where um, Trevor wheels out of the, the dealership where his dad works he, they've travelled all that way to meet his dad they walk out and he has that bit of argument you know in the car park and then they get in the car and then the girls say no we've come all this way we're still going to the pit and then literally we see them travelling from that seeing his dad to the pit with no dialogue 
it's literally them sitting awkwardly in the car. It's just music playing. And it's like, yes, this is probably like the biggest argument they've had, but they're still moving forward together. So this was my favorite scene yeah. of the whole movie. And I just, it was at a point where both of them were at breaking point. And you can see, I've, I've rewatched this scene four times because I just loved it so much. You can even see Paul Rudd's face, how much he's hurting for Trevor once they come out of that um, car dealership. And I love that they're in a car park in the middle of nowhere. It's a huge crossroad for both of them. But for the rest of the world, it's nothing. Nothing. Everything's just passing by. Just like the whole film, everything they're doing is so minor, so ordinary. But for them, this means everything. It's great characters, simple circumstances, just trying to get through life. But as soon as that dialogue starts in that scene, the music stops. It happens quite a bit throughout the film to make it more raw, emotional, real talk. I really like that. Um, and what happens between those characters is more important than anything else happening outside. There's no spectacle to it. This is all about just the dialogue. And it's the first time I reckon Trevor shows his true vulnerability. He's sitting on his own in his wheelchair. And the first scene you, you see, the first shot is him by himself and he's got his back to you. And he turns around and you see him crying, which is the first time you see him crying. He's no longer that cocky, overconfident punk. You know, he's, he's actually a child and, and what he does is what a child would do. And he just blames Ben straight away. It's the Ben Benjamin traveling shit show and you're the star, you're the star. And he goes, I quit. I'm going home. And then I just love the way uh, Ben replies with, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy trying to get through the day, just like you. Um, and then obviously he goes back to being a child saying it's all, it's always been about you. And you start to unpack Ben's character again. You start to think about Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Oh, hang on. What are Ben's motives? And he goes, you know, you're not my father. Yeah. And sheepishly, he's like, I know. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, my son died, you can't fix me. And at that moment, you know that that's what Ben needed to say. Even though he might've known that all along, it was actually Trevor who got him to say it in that big fight. I don't think he truly, um, I don't think you truly knew it at the time, but I think that's what the audience needed to hear. I think that's what he needed to say. And Trevor realizes that he needs to stop making excuses for himself. And I think the beauty is with this scene that both characters are so flawed and they almost quit. Even through all this, they almost quit. And it's Dot who's the one that says, no, we are going to this This hole hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. And so despite the fact that they were so, you know, trying to really grow as each other, it still took someone else to eventually push them over the line. And then, as you said, they sit there after their argument, they don't say anything, yeah. but it's all good. Um, I just, I just love that scene so much. There was so much to unpack. It was about a minute, yeah. that scene. It was so much to unpack in it though. And it, it was such a massive turning point. And, and that's because they, the hour prior, they'd done such a good job of developing these characters and you're on this journey with them. Like you wouldn't have cared that much about that scene, about what happened if you, if that done <clears> such a good job of. Yeah, it's so true, man. You cared. Yeah. There was a montage in the first 10 minutes of these two as like a character's bonding. I love that straight away. They're like, we want these guys to show you that these guys are working together. I, those, the first 15 minutes for me were some of, like, some of the best minutes of filmmaking I've seen in a while. Yeah. Like, wow. Nah, dead, dead serious. The first 15 minutes, like, they set up the characters perfectly. And some of the editing in those scenes in the first 15 minutes, like, you had all these quick shots like we spoke about before with the medicine. It was like, you need to take this, this, this. It overawes you. It deliberately overawes you. ridiculous. And then, like, you know, we see these these constant scenes of, with this upbeat music of him trying to get him to go to the toilet, trying to stand up to go to the toilet. And that obviously leads on throughout the film. Every time they make a stop, it's about trying to get him to stand up and piss. And then that's the concluding scene, which you get to. And, you know, 
you had the repeat of the the toaster popping with the waffles, yeah. the milk pouring in the cup that repeated, repeated to show you the importance this guy's of ridiculous r- routine. Routine, yeah. routine. That's what it was all about for him. Was he needed this routine and um, and you know like. Yeah, and then from that, the first 15 minutes is where you start to see those interconnected scenes throughout the film of slowly revealing what actually happened to Ben's son. Mm. Uh, that's what I love that they never they never just threw everything at you. They no. let it play out slowly, and they didn't treat you like an idiot. He just sort of said, this is what's happening. If you're on board, you're on board. Yeah. What, anything stand out for you, Herder? Um, I, I just really love the banter scenes between Trevor and Ben. I just, we, we talked about like their chemistry was great. great just culture. a lot of them just going back and forth, they're bickering and, you know, they're joking with each other. And then, you know, even then when we got serious and they're still, you know, telling each other to piss off and things <laughs> like that. But I, I, I just really loved pretty much any scene where Trevor and Ben were interacting with each other was just a great scene. Yeah. Which was, you know, a lot of the movie. Oh. Exactly. And I love it when that well. Paul Rudd humor still mm. comes out. Like the first scene, he's trying to get him to piss standing yeah. up, and he's mm. just like, "Hold, hold your penis." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you um, What did you think of the of the Dot and Peaches characters? Because I wasn't big fans of them, especially the the, the Peaches character. I just, I mean, up at, obviously it's very important at the end where they're giving birth, but up until that, it really. I mean, for me, it just kind of felt like a bit of a nothing kind of forced character in there, just for the sake of being in there. I, I think they're important because the title of the film was, what is it, The Fundamentals of Caring. Mm-hmm. And there were two more characters that Ben cared for. So it had gone from, you see the start of the film where he doesn't want to divorce his wife. And we sort of go full circle where he now cares for Trevor, he cares for Dot, he cares for Peaches. And then at the end, he finally hands over those divorce papers. So he's cared for everyone that we've seen in him interact with in the story so I feel like that's a part of his journey is that and then at the end like he tells you I'm no longer taking care of Trevor so it's like he's Mm. done his caring Mm. he can move on from the troubles in his life now that he's done this caring so I don't know like I feel like maybe two characters was too much but I feel like at least one extra character on that road to care for was probably important the doc character allowed um, Trevor to feel like a teenager as well Um, and I think the Peaches character helped for Ben to impart fatherhood, parenthood wisdom, um, which was important as well in the whole film. I still love the quote where he says, and when she asks him about being a parent, yeah, every yeah. corny every corny thing you read and hear about having a kid is completely and utterly true. It's the only reason we're here. Yeah, um, totally And obviously the fact that she was pregnant mm. and he was literally able to give birth to yeah. the new kid, which I thought was a little bit corny because it was almost like him coming out on the other yeah, side. Was. as that was his redemption. Yeah, um, it still it still was a really nice um, opportunity to to really show you. But like how he'd come in, full circle. in the same like in the opposite to that as well. Yeah, like he says, you know, the only reason we're here is to be a parent. But like at the same stage, he's caring for these people, but he's not necessarily that parent. But it's that parenthood sort of feel and vibe and. Yeah, like I'd like to think that that leads on to him having another child at some stage after the film, because mm. I feel like that can be a question at the end, Jesse. Like, <laughs> could, that could be that could be the question <laughs> of the week. Um, I just I need to just maybe just ask you guys about uh, Ben's son death because I need some clarification on it. Mm-hmm. He pulled the handbrake on the car, didn't he? No, nah, he didn't put it on properly. Yeah, he didn't close. He didn't shut it down. He, he didn't shut it down. It was his fault. He didn't. That's because yeah. I've been reading a lot into this. And there's so many mixed reviews that said, yeah, he put it in park, he put the handbrake on, and it's just an accident of the car roll. And then it's like, no, 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 it was his fault because the handbrake's not on. And I'm watching it going, oh, he pulls the handbrake on for me. It, it, it isn't pulled on? 
Uh, I just assumed, no. to be honest. I didn't read too much into it, but I because okay. I, I think it makes sense for him to take that burden and that fault. See, that, that was, I guess, the yeah. only thing for me is that he, I mean, it, it, to him, it was his fault. But then I'm watching it going, oh, I'm sure that, 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 he, So there's a scene where he pulls the yeah, handbrake up. He pulls it up, and, and then I've, I've read a few things that like, no, he didn't pull it up enough, or, you know, he yeah, didn't, to, didn't to go me, too far. But there is definitely a handbrake scene. That's why yeah, I'm yeah, okay. really confused it, by that going, okay. No, definitely was a handbrake scene, yeah. but to me, it was like, yeah, it, he didn't put it on properly, and that's why it rolled. Okay. Did any other boys think that the cause of death was going to be he runs out onto the road and gets hit by a car? Initially, yeah. Because that was definitely yeah, how I saw that one going. Well, I don't know why, how he would have dropped the groceries all the way onto the road, but initially, because well, when, when yeah. I obviously showed yeah. snippets of that scene. As, I think the first scene is as soon as the, the, the bag breaks, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, it's rolling onto the road, he's yeah, going yeah, after yeah. it. Car's going to swipe thought. him on the yeah. way. I, yeah. I think I always thought that there was some sort of guilt from his behalf of why mm. the, the, you know he's getting divorced and he's lost his son so yeah. I yeah, didn't know how it was going to happen but I thought there's going to be something to do with him, him yeah. being at fault oh for sure I mean look at the the opening scene of the wife how much she has moved on now, yeah. he, what was his initially he's just like oh, I can't yeah, I can't I'm, I'm not ready yeah, yeah, yeah. Like years. it's been yeah. three years yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. one like, like I really liked along the, the journey there was one there was just, it was just one short little scene they're in the car and Trev's using his phone like an average teenager would use his phone and as an audience we see that footage from the phone in that um the different screen like it's like you're recording off your phone mm-hmm. and to me that was just like a perfect little touch of like you know this kid's actually getting to live his life like a teenager he's recording on his iphone mm-hmm. yeah and to me that was that yeah i really like that footage yeah that was really good is there any other standout scenes or should we move on to oh, the, uh, forgettable stuff have you did you have one oh, i just wanted to mention when um when Paul Rudd was saying, a bite of the James <laughs> reminded me a lot of slap at a bass from uh, I Love funny. You Man. Yeah. Um, the only last one for me is actually a bit of a, um, a negative one and it is uh, the final scene where, uh, sorry, not the final scene, at, at the end when um, he gets, he straps him to the board in the pit and he's standing and peeing because I uh, was watching this with a medical professional and straight away I got told that is not possible <laughs> there is no way on earth that that is possible being this whole film there. was about him pissing standing <laughs> up and he pissed off the biggest gorge you could imagine well, this, straight, this, away, I'm, straight away I'm told by the person I'm watching with that is not possible well, it can't happen how? alright well, strapped him in the, just, just the, dribble the straps aren't yeah. aren't strong enough to hold someone well to be uh, that scene Annoyed, that like scene that. annoyed me as well, but not because of that, but because I'm glad to annoy because of that. <laughs> it annoyed me because of the the CGI of them on that cliff. I'm like, a drone shot could have fixed that easily these days. Yeah. Drone shots yeah. are cheap, and then you it's see this fake there. thing of them sitting out on the. Oh yeah, I, mm. that really annoyed me. I was too lost in the fact that he finally did it, did it yeah. and, in, and in what circumstances? Well done. I've got my product placement update. Oh no! Once okay. they get once they get to Trevor's dad's workplace, what do you see everywhere? Ford, okay. Ford, yeah. Ford. And oh, I was like, it's, oh. it's a Ford dealership. I get it. So, yeah, he works for Ford. <laughs> could have been any car company. Could have been a made-up car company. Ford have paid to have Ford in this movie. So what would you have done if what what would you done if it was a no-name car company? You'd be like, this doesn't exist. This isn't real. This doesn't feel real. Blur it out. I don't know. Take a shot where you don't <laughs> see the logo. Like I don't need to see that it's Ford. It does my head in. Um, I might have needed that money. One last thing. Really, I was like, this is predictable and rubbish. Katy Perry joke. I think it was, I watched the trailer after I watched the film yeah. and that's like one of the, the key funny lines is like, you know, make a wish foundation. Katy Perry is going to come and see me sort of thing. And, um, 
massive setup for later in the film where the same line is like, I'm getting Katie Kapoor. Yeah. What song do you want her to sing? I'm like, oh, God, obvious firework. And then he's like, Fuck But it was I'm good. Like, oh, because, come on. It was good because, like, that was at a moment where he was down in the dumps. Yep. And he's like, Katie Perry, I'm going to pull this yeah. Katie Perry joke. Where's it going to land? Is he just going to tell me to F off? And he just goes, fireworks. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a nice touch. Uh, but apart from that, like, I can't fault this film too much. Nah, man, I've got nothing bad to say about it. Um, we've spoken quite a bit about the themes yeah. and the, the sorts of underlying things that are in it. So we've spoken about caring, obviously. Um, what other things did you guys pick up on? What messages did you see? Oh, I guess, you know, healing was the big one, really. It was all about, about Ben. Um, healing, I guess, from moving on. tragedy. Yeah, yeah, living your life, on. moving on, I mean, getting yeah. out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Being pushed. I think we're all. I really like at the start they had that opening scene where Ben was in that classroom mm-hmm. in the church where he's learning about mm-hmm. caring for each other, and I really like that Aloha acronym that they spoke about where I was like, ask, listen, observe, help, ask again. And I thought that was like, and you know, um, Trev's mum said to Ben when she's off, you know, make sure you follow Aloha because she's mm-hmm. done all the research and all that sort of stuff. I just, I just think that that's like a really like not even just for this movie. I feel like that's a really nice message to to pump through. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I picked up on throughout the film Ben does all the driving in that van and he's constantly there's constantly shots of him looking in that rear vision mirror and at times he thinks it's his wife's his wife getting, um, the divorce getting the divorce papers yeah. and then he thinks it's the mum then he thinks that he's constantly it's like um, you know and it's done throughout the film it's like he's constantly looking at his past his past is following him his past is trying to catch up with he's him looking over his shoulder, he's looking right? over his shoulder mm-hmm. the whole time and I really liked that because like then at the end it's like it's all done mm-hmm. it's gone he doesn't have to look over his shoulder anymore his life is on that path to, to moving forward he's through yeah. yeah he's through I really liked that just subtle yeah. thing throughout the film that, that really um, that stood out for me as well and even the guy with the divorce papers he would he would run away from he would ignore ignore um, and he even said to the guys, you know, if you get a knock on the door, let's ignore it. Um, and that's what he was looking back at as well. So it's kind of and really showing how he's moving on from that. Um, I thought the other thing, like, to grow, these guys both had to take risks. Massively. Mm. Massive like, risks. Massive risks. But I love these risks were, were contained within what is such a nothing. Like, these guys are going on a road trip to this stupid landmark. And that's what I love about <laughs> it. You know, this wasn't like having to do an outrageously big thing or, you know, yeah. that's what I liked about, I think I said like simple characters, simple circumstances, just trying to get through the day. I love it when that can be shown as something so significant because without trying to get too uh, spiritual is in life, everyone is going through that. They've got their own demons that mean so much. And you would drive past these people in the van and think nothing of them. And what they're going through is, is so small, but it, it means everything to them. And that's what I loved about that scene in the car park as well. Mm. We spoke earlier about disability being shown represented on the screen. Mm. I thought this was like such a good way of representing like disability and like, absolutely. You know, I agree. This, like Trevor he's destroyed like the that idea that a disabled character can't hold the lead of a film almost yeah um and I feel like you know we've had the theory of everything came out a couple of years ago um Stephen Hawking film like I feel like <clears throat> now there's not that big a you know you think back to like the elephant man and that it's like oh that's an outsider sort of thing whereas this guy literally just fits in with the cast absolutely I mean he's so charismatic yeah I really like that he was great 
So, what do we take away from the film? What do we like? <laughs> we've, I, we've, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I think I've said it all. Yeah. Like, it is, it is worth mentioning that um, my dog Todd. Uh, Todd, didn't, Todd didn't watch Todd watch he didn't bark in this film but he had a growl at Rufus the cow I was saying, <laughs> like, the big bovine yeah like because he wasn't moving I yeah. think it threw him a little bit yeah. but yeah. I like here we go we're gonna go to see this big cow and then you see it and I just hear Todd he <laughs> <laughs> was alright he didn't knock anything yeah. over I, th- I think this film would be like a great great on the big screen like <sighs> date Mate, night I would have loved you it could, imagine this yeah. date night you take a cinema take Europa a Europa. I guess it's anywhere you want to go where you can see a, an art housey film and just sit back relax and enjoy I guess I mean I, I don't think I've enjoyed it as much as you guys <laughs> <laughs> it definitely just felt like a Netflix movie for me like it, it just seemed like a pretty uh, a pretty Netflix movie in my opinion no that's good to know mm. this, this blew my socks off I, I, I mean for me I, I really enjoyed it once the road trip started up until the road trip, I was a bit bit slow and a bit for me. I was like, oh, "Come on, come on, let's I let's get going with with the with the." I want you to rewatch the first fifteen minutes. Mm. Oh, I really don't want to. And then to. just turn it off uh, after the first. 15 I'm not going to do that, mate. Uh, you no. don't want to. Uh, no, makes me so sad. Um, I think like if you like uh, anyone, I feel like anyone should watch this anytime. Agreed. I would highly recommend it. Yep, highly recommend. Um. We've already sort of spoken about looking up on IMDb. So, yeah, we've done that. Um, any questions that you want to ask each other about the film? Do you want me to go into my reading far too much about this movie? Yes, afterwards? do it, do it, do it. We need this. All right, so, um, end of the movie. Ben's writing his novel, and he writes about how Trevor and implies that on his 21st birthday he dies. Yep. He's cool and handsome too. Don't he is, that. don't forget that. And then he pauses and he writes, no, he was faking it to scare yep. his carer. Do we believe this is what happened? Ooh. Or did Trevor, did Trevor die? But that's a better ending for Ben's book readers. He wants to end the book on a positive. No, as a, like, no, no. The, nah, the, the, ill, the illness isn't brought up throughout the whole film. The illness is, as I said, it's a vehicle to advance the plot and to make you thinking what actually could happen, not as opposed to what you should be doing. And to me, it doesn't fit. when he was typing that, that was the start of his story and then he was going to go back and talk about their adventures rather than... No, that, that, that was the end of the novel, I think. Uh, I thought it was the start. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I definitely thought... Why would he open with... Why would he end with he was cool and handsome? Yeah, I thought that was the opening of his no, novel. Because he, he, he introduced Trevor in that no, Okay, I don't remember that cool and handsome part then. But yeah, I did, just based on the way that was ending, I was like... Yeah, so when you watch the first 15 minutes, end. you should watch the last one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, um, I, I think I might just be happy just not watching this one again. <laughs> what else you got for us? I know that was it. I, um, that was all uh, my, uh, my reading far too much into it. Could anyone here take on a job like Ben? Could you see yourself doing what he did in that film? I couldn't, like, to be honest, I'm... I'm not good enough person to be able to. Nah, I couldn't do it. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I'd like to think I could, but, but I just don't. I guess think I could. you don't know until you're in that situation. Yeah, I guess we all we all aren't in that situation. Uh, We've got other responsibilities. I think we're all pretty life. empathetic people, though. Yeah, but like, yeah, and you'd like to think you'd be able to do it, but like, up, you know, congratulate those that do do it because. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely, it's, it's a tough gig. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was so we know Ben's name was Ben Benjamin. Yeah, I didn't like that. Didn't like that either, but did you notice none of the other characters had last names? So I didn't. No, so none of the other characters had last names, and the only mention we got was Ben Benjamin. So first name, first name, or last name, last name, whatever you want to say. Why? I, is it because 
these characters aren't real and it's like saying this is a this is just a like a fable almost or is it like to say so you've got that better connection because you just know them by first name rather than their surname because I feel like well for example this podcast we refer to each other by you know first names so it's like it's more personable to me that's what it's like it's like so you you as an audience just find these characters as your mates yeah okay I didn't yeah. I, I didn't notice that was the only first name oh, sorry surname, surname was yeah. introduced um it's a good question. It's a tough one. Well, Selena Gomez, to me, this movie, she doesn't look like what Selena Gomez looks like to me. She, Bo- I thought for me, <laughs> bo- the Botox. Uh, I, <laughs> I, is it just me or has she had a lot of Botox? It, it, to, to me, it looked like she had. I thought she's been sitting at Carl's Jr.'s for three days on end and hasn't stopped eating. But <laughs> I think it's just the Botox. The Botox. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. To me, that, I thought that, she was all right in this. I thought, yeah, look good. Like I just remember from Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, oh, we didn't watch that. We, we didn't watch that during the week. Sorry, sorry, we said we were going to. Too busy we watching a really good film. <laughs> this was a great film. Um, do we want to wrap up with our ratings? Let's do it, man. Let's it, do it. This do this it. movie connected with me emotionally. It got me thinking outside the box, uh, and it took me on a pretty rewarding journey of character development aided by great acting performances. And it is one I would recommend. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and it's four stars for me. Cool. That's the that's your equal highest with Beast in the Nation. Yep. And yeah, it's. I guess I'm going to give it four point two because it's better than Beast of the Nation. Four point two. I don't round it round it down to four. Yeah, we give it four. Four. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, look, this is a good film with some good acting. Uh, for me, I thought the story was a bit slow. Um, overall, it was a good movie without being great. I gave it three out of five. Three out of five. Whew, that hurts. Um, <laughs> this, for me, has been the best film we've watched so far. Okay. I've. It, it's tough because I gave we gave Beast, I gave Beast and Nation um, four out of five, and we all did. And I sat there after I watched this, and I thought, okay, if I gave that four, I have to give this more than four but I couldn't justify the five. So I've gone the four and a half. I just think that the characters were fantastic. Didn't want to go 4.2? 4. 4. <laughs> <laughs> then we could get an extra 0.5 yeah, if yeah, we yeah. did the 0.4, which makes Anyway, but no, I really like this film. I think it was, um, you know, deserved more than being put at the bottom of everyone's Netflix queue. Yeah, I agree. I, anyone, since I watched it this week, anyone I've spoken to who wants some movie recommendations, first thing I'm going to say. Yeah. The average is out to a 3.8 out of 5. 3.8, so that still keeps it second behind be the second uh, Beast of No Nation, which is on 4. We'll debate that later. We will debate that later. <laughs> uh, I think it's a pretty good order. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, social media, big presence on there. We appreciate all those that follow us on social media at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at Flix Forum. You guys are great. We love it. It, yeah, we're really happy with um, with the communication we're getting on there. So we'd really like you to jump on there this week and have a look at our question of the week. This week we're asking, um, it's based on a quote from the film, and the quote was, I cannot take care of another unless I first take care of myself. Do you think this is true? Do you think this is something that we should think about before caring about others? Hmm. Mm, tough one. It goes to the old, uh, the old saying of people who can give great advice but can't take it themselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that question. Um, as usual, please subscribe to our show. Um, 
We love seeing please. that people are yeah. We love seeing people are <laughs> listening to us. Um, and give us a five star rating if you can. Um, Apple Podcast is our preferred method. Method. So jump on there. Um, next week we've got a very interesting film. This is our first um sort of international film that we're going to be looking. Oh, sorry, well, I lie. Yeah. We did watch um Crouching Tiger, Crouching Hidden, Tiger. Da- Hidden Dragon, but this is our first Indian film that we're watching. So it's the 2016 sex comedy Brahman Naman. Uh, it's directed by Q. That's what he's known as because. Um, I don't have his actual name in front of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he's known as Q. Though. That's right, Q. Yeah. He's known as Q. I so um, it stars um, Shashank Aurora. So we'd like you to try and watch this film before our next episode. I'm looking forward to this one. We, I, I don't know anything about it, so I'm looking forward to watching this one. Exactly. I'm on the same. Um, so it's going to be interesting. We hope you can watch with us and then um, join in on our discussion next week. Once again, it's been a pleasure. Um, it's always a thanks, boys. This is probably our good. longest episode so far. So um, it's probably it is our longest. <laughs> it is our longest episode. So Sorry, guys. Thanks for listening along, um, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.